Hey, man. You want a beer? Trip McNeely. Trip McNeely. No way, man. Trip McNeely. Trip McNeely. Jeez. You were a sexual icon. You know girls at Huntington still talk about you? Really? Which ones? Must be racking up at college. College. I wish, bro. I can't even get digits as a freshman. <laughs> Shut up. Come on, you can tell me. Seriously, man. I thought college was gonna be a 24-7 orgy. Hell, it's even why I broke up with Janine before I left. So, what happened? College chicks are totally different, bro. They're all serious and shit. They all talk about world issues and economological crap. They all want to date older guys. Yeah, but not all of them, right? Way it goes. How I even tried crawling back to Janine. She was all cozy with some senior. He's a pre-med. They all are. Guys like us, we are a dime a dozen. <laughs> Speaking of which, you still with that Amanda chick? She was a prize piece if I ever saw one. Yeah. Me and Amanda. Definitely. Yep. You're lucky, bro. Sure am. Stay with her. It's the best advice I can give you. <laughs> oh, that and bring rubber flip-flops to the shower. I got warts all over my feet. Take it easy, Trip. here he's always wanted to see us live and guess what bernardo if you're here now you're seeing us live on youtube uh twitch and facebook uh i wanted to play some music from this movie we're doing today but i learned my lesson from the last action hero youtube he does not like when you play other people's songs even if it's in tribute and like honor we don't get paid to do this show really so Mm. anyways 
yeah, hey, shit happens. Travis, Eric, Michael, we're doing Can't Hardly Wait today. Does it hold up or not? That'll be the central focus of today's show. Travis, you chose this movie, so we'll get to your reasons for why you chose it later on in this edition of the Cinema 9 podcast. Episode 125. You've done 125 episodes of this show. How do you feel? Well, you will do when this one's over. I'm in the midst of my 125th episode, and, it, and it, you know, it feels good. It feels, it feels solid. I like that the show has become a staple feature to my life. It feels like it's, uh, you know, two years. It's been a wonky two years in terms of time anyways for everybody. Like, the, you know, 2020, 2021, 2022 amorphous period in terms of time. So it's nice to have, like, something consistent for that duration. Time! Yeah, Chambers <laughs> Brothers wrote about time in the 60s, Eric. Uh, you think time has changed since the 60s? Well, time has come today. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the, no, you know, my favorite part about the show, as I reflect on these last two years, I get to see so many movies again that I may have just kept on the shelf and some I just know I never, ever would have watched. So it's the surprises for me that uh, keep me coming back. Oh, and, you know, I think it, it strengthens our movie knowledge. So if it sure. comes up a conversation, you can. If you hadn't seen it, and now you've seen it, and you can at least talk about it, even if you didn't think it held up or not, you will be able to talk about it competently. And I think that's a nice little mm -hmm. bonus from this show. And we hope that you guys, as the purveyors and the consumers of the Cinema Night Pod, feel the same way. I would yeah. hope. Yeah, yeah, jet, jet skis. skis. I mean, why not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're getting into Does It Hold Up or Not for Can't Hardly Wait. 1998 movie. So we all graduated in 1998, so I'm sure that's we'll have true. something to say about that. Barely. As well. All three of us. All three of us went to high school in the same high school. We graduated in the same year. It's got to be true. It's got to be unique among a lot of podcasts, I would think. I don't think everybody could say that. I was actually standing next to Eric Branstrom when I threw my cap in the air. When I did the whole the whole maneuver, I was next to him. And I believe Dave Petrucci was with, was with us. Is that correct? Did you yes, have blonde days. hair? Yeah. Did I have blonde hair? Yes, I had the Clooney, and it was bleach blonde in this exact moment. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, <laughs> mine was orange. I had hair. Mine was orange, so yeah. At least you got blonde. I didn't get that far. So. I we totally like shit the bet on that one. I you I did look like the jackal. <laughs> I looked like fucking Bruce Willis in the jackal. Basically. The jackal. <laughs> it's time appropriate, 1997. Yeah, yeah I'm close yeah. enough. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Maybe you were I fired up and watching did. the jackal on VHS every night. So. A lot. A lot. <laughs> I like my Diane Venora, you know what I mean? Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll talk more about that and can't hardly wait focus part of the show. Of course, we have a new email, although it's, it's newer to you, but it's cinema9pod at gmail.com. And uh, we got our first email here. He's a regular. Ooh. He's he's always there for us. I mean, he's got to be our probably our number one supporter at this point. Number I feel one. Like. <sighs> yes, he is. That is Chad. Chad emailed us at our new email, which is cinnamonidepod at gmail.com. Really, the only thing that changed was the Gmail from the Proton Mail. Everything else is the same. So cinnamonidepod at gmail.com. Chad wrote to us earlier this week, and he said, What do you fellas eat when you watch movies? <laughs> do you pop a bag of popcorn, grab a snack, drink a Verner's? That's Michigan local focus, oh, yeah. sure. I gotta know, Chad. All right, Chad. Well, Travis, uh, Eric was. This is the most motivated answer. This one, I think, Eric was of all three of us. He, he said he'd bring it or something like that. We're gonna. I'll fucking bring it. I believe we're his exact words. <laughs> it was a very aggressive <laughs> food talk. Been dying to talk about food and movies, which we haven't done enough of on this show, frankly. <laughs> For sure. What do you like to eat, Eric, when you're when you're watching a, a film? 
Well, it's different. I mean, if I'm in the theater, it's different than what I'd eat at home. At home, sure. if I'm like geared up for a big movie, it's pizza. Like in the theater, I my number one, my go-to snack is uh, dark chocolate M and M's. Uh, they're quiet, so I don't have to. Ha I don't get anxiety, so I don't have to worry that I'm bothering anyone. I just get them all in my pocket and I eat them up. But mainly, I found that um, if I'm like high on sugar, I'll enjoy the movie much more. Um, yeah, I've tested this out many times, and uh, yeah, so dark chocolate M and M's at the theater, pizza at home. All right, all right, and of course, Fresca. Oh fuck! Ah! Again with the Fresca. I mean, are all you, are right, you, are you, right, are you right, bucking right. for uh, sponsorship here? Fresca's listening. If yeah, <laughs> side hustle, bro. Fresca, if you're listening, Eric is ready to to, to pitch you. <laughs> let me uh, all right. Let me guess for glass. Travis real quick, because I've I spent we've lived together several times as well. So hmm. I've watched movies with you. Uh, I've watched movies with Eric, but much more with Travis probably. I would say. Uh, I think. It would depend on the day. I don't think you have like a staple. Ah. It could be a variety. I feel like this is okay. So at the at the theater, I'm probably going to go with like peanut M and M's or nothing these days. I kind of I yeah. really at the theater. I mean, especially if I, I wear the mask at the theater. So I'm like, I don't want to futz with this. Um, which, which it's fine. You save like half the money. It's great. <laughs> so um, that's great. As for when I'm at home, you know, during the week, I always eat breakfast at like my dining room table. But on the weekend, if I have, you know, time in the, on a Saturday and or Sunday morning, I like to kick my day off with that's when I do like that's when I do the foreign film of the week or like the serious drama, like where I'm really like sober of mind and like, in my, you know, and I'll make breakfast and I'll just uh, hmm. I like to enjoy my breakfast and my coffee while hmm. watching a, a film. Are you dig on swine? Uh, no, I don't eat swine. I don't eat uh -huh. swine. I, I avoid swine. I mean, like I'll mm. I won't turn down a pepperoni pizza. Who am I kidding? But yeah, yeah. I, I don't actively uh, actively eat swine. I uh, like I pigs mean, too much. Uh, pigs, pigs are cool. Yeah. I will say this: uh, it's been discussed many times, and for Eric, it's old hat. But yes, there was one time where me and Eric we each got our own Marco's pizza and we watched Crash together <laughs> in two thousand six. Yeah, not yeah. not the Cronenberg crash though. Right? No, 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 no. The bad the crash. Highly. Well, I mean, I the mean, Eric was there. Eric yeah. was there. I was there. We we cried on our slices. We did. <laughs> you cried Matt Dillon, on your slices. Matt Dillon got yep. us, man. Matt yeah, Dillon got, got us. us. It's Michael yeah. Pena in that movie, right? In in that in that him in that movie that really brings it. I'm well, he's great too, but Matt yeah. Dillon is outstanding in that movie. I'll also I'll go yeah. to my deathbed on that one. I stand behind it. I do. I'm gonna check in with you on your, the day of your death. I'm gonna say, hey, how do you feel about Matt Dillon? <laughs> hey, hey, still good? Still good? Wait, are you still here? You remember? Remember that time you I, watched Crash? <laughs> Overrated. Marcos Wake pizza. Up. You had Marcos. <laughs> By the way, I don't know how regional or national Marcos is, but it's delicious pizza. I'm a Happy's guy. Really Happy's good pizza for me. Really? Yeah, I love yes. Happy's pizza. Yeah, I like the deep wow. dish guts, but I mean, Happy's was like a fun novelty oh, for a yeah. while. But I didn't know that it. Uh, wow, that's impressive. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm not solid, against it. I've, I've had a lot of good Happy's. Happy's oh, made me happy. Have. Who do you think yeah. introduced me to Happy's? Happy when you're hungry, real hungry for some garbage food. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that was so funny. Um, uh, uh, Travis, I I really have stopped eating at the theater entirely i agree with yeah. you there i don't know why or how because i used to 
It's so stupid. Forty dollar load up. I want like oh the fryer working. I want it you all. Asshole. Like I know. I like I gotta get there like a forty minutes early because I gotta get all my food in time so I don't miss no. the goddamn show. I need my nachos and my soft pretzel. Oh god. I know. Uh-uh. Chicken tenders. I mean, it's all these classier movie places. Seriously, they started stepping it up. And I'm like, well, shit. I'm gonna be here. Fuck. So. Might as well pay twelve dollars for nachos. Oh my god! So a cup of cheese, a Dude, cup of shit cheese, cheese was. Yep. <laughs> Fifteen bucks extra. Yeah. It, uh, but now I I go there and I'm like, you know what? I'm just like focused in on the film, and yeah. I don't know what changed. I can't give you a good reason. I just if I, I popcorn will always be a staple at the theater. I, I suppose like if if I was gonna get something, I'd I'd like to get the popcorn and down it, and drown it in fake butter. That's not mm. real butter. That tastes like butter, a butter substance, and uh, butter. Yeah, fudder and no, none of that bullshit Mrs. Dash stuff. Like, like these weird ranch <laughs> seasonings, you know, like Oreo like, spark sprinkles or like yeah. weird no. what is that? cinnamon it, or some shit. Like what? What, what is that? This what one? Is, seasoning no. bar. <laughs> I like to have. <laughs> yeah, the seasoning bar is now open. It's so I don't popcorn and butter is it's salt. We're good. All I need is butter and salt, baby. I'm fine or fudder. But uh, at home, yeah, you know, buck fudder. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at home, it could be anything. Could, it just doesn't know. Yeah. You have no idea. It could be any given. Odds are it will be dark. It'll be after 11 p.m. And <laughs> it could be anything. Yeah. All, that's all I know. I, it won't be off. earlier than that. Yeah. Nothing too early in the day because I only eat once a day anyways. But So if you're going to eat 4,000 calories a day, you got to do it all in one sitting. That's the key. Make sure you get it all in. And if you don't stagger it out, then you'll be fine. You'll be healthy. I just imagine you getting grease all over your fast forward button. And it, it <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a joke. Uh, that is a, a good joke. That is a show joke right there. Show Thank jokes. you. Uh, yeah. So uh, Verner's is great. I'll, I'll always oh, love yeah. Verner's, but I, ha- yeah. I haven't had one in a while. But no, man, I'll do. No, thanks. I'm a Fago what? guy, though. I'll do Fago all Fago day. Fago Rock and Rye all day, man. You kidding me? Love Rock and Rye. Rock and Rye's great, but so is Verner's. They're both delicious. It's no Fresca. Am I right? There it is. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go, Chad. I hope, uh, Chad, write back to us. Tell us what you, uh, maybe you already implied what you would do with the Verner's talk and all mm. that, but we want to get your feedback. Cinnamon9pod at gmail.com. Send us an email. Yeah. Give us a five-star rating. We have a Patreon. The link is in the show notes, so if you want to sign up for the Patreon and uh, see some old 10-minute topics, which would be new to you, you can sign mm. up for just one single dollar. The Bill Goody Coons level is now open and at your service. <laughs> and we have and a new patron. And shout out to that oh. person whose name I neglected to get. Oh, we do? I had no but idea. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to you. Wow. Thank you. Uh, and also thank you, Chad, for the message. And uh, Eric, uh, or Mike rather, kind of implied that only Chad's email would be welcome. I'd like to extend that offer to everybody. Oh, uh, no, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Let's uh, everybody email us. One yes, here for all yes. about you. Cinema9pod at gmail.com. Yeah, abs- right. absolutely. Yes. So uh, yeah. I watched some movies, guys, but not many. You did? Yeah, Why? not too many. Um, I'm kind of obsessed with, with, with movies, which is a thing that you guys can relate to, I think. Sure. But yeah. I, I had company over the weekend, so I didn't do too much sitting That was around. so funny, dude. You cut out for a second. What? I'm sorry. So it's not like you it said, like, I come over the weekend. That's what oh. it sounded like. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean. But you said company, I believe. I probably. said, I yeah. said company. 
uh, okay. company, oh, a person, wow. a human person was. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, let let it be known that we will someday get through an episode where Mike doesn't say the word "come" someday or so- or society. Uh, I wouldn't bet on that. On like it's going to be one or the other. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't expect an, an episode where neither word is uttered. Any old who I revisited 1993's Amos and Andrew because you know it's got. It's got Nick Cage in it. It's got Samuel L. Jackson in it. It's got Dabney Coleman in it. It's got Bradley Dourif in it. It's got it's got so many people in it. And but I hadn't watched it since I was a kid. But man, this premise is so fucked up. I mean, like it's it's a comedy about a guy who a black dude who moves into a white neighborhood and people think that he's robbing the place when he's setting up his stereo and like you know shenanigans and in 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 ensue. Um, not. Not great. I wouldn't recommend necessarily going back for Amos and Andrew, however much I liked it when I was a kid. Uh, but can I mention uh, the name of the patron, by the way, is Sid. So, Sid. Thank you, Sid. Thank you. Thank I, you. Sid, I, I know him. He's a good guy. So, sorry. I, I wish it would be like someone nobody knew at all, but who cares? Sid, thanks for signing up, dude. Free cheers for you. Um. Yeah, definitely, Sid. Thank you. So... I watched um, Respect from 2021 with uh, Vanessa. What's her name? Jennifer Jennifer Hudson, right? Jennifer Hudson, yes. I always forget her name for some reason. Yeah, she was fucking great. She was really good in it. Um, As far as a biopic goes, it was good, not great. I I liked it. It definitely um, really solid acting. Certainly worth checking out if you're an Aretha Franklin fan or if you care about, like, you know, the Queen of Soul, mid-50s. Etc. Rock and roll music, but the real cream of the crop for me was Elvis. I, I checked out Boz Lerman's oh, Elvis. Did you? I, I couldn't. I couldn't love it anymore. I thought it was fantastic. <gasps> I but you hate Boz Lerman. I do. I really don't care for Boz Lerman ordinarily, but I thoroughly wow. enjoyed Elvis. I mean, it's such a big story, and I actually think that he was just the right person to take it on. I've heard rumor of a much longer version out there that I would be very interested in seeing. Um, but man, it, it is at a breakneck pace and it never stops. And if Austin Butler gets nominated for best actor for this, I will not be mad at all. Wow. How about that Tom Hanks though? He's creepy yeah, as hell too, man. About that Tom Hanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, half the movie, I'm like, he's fine. The other half of the movie, I'm like, ah, why, why, why does it have uh-huh. to be Tom Hanks? Why couldn't it be a dude who's actually <laughs> fat? Yeah, it's exactly what you said. Like it's this, it's distracting almost. And he's coming in so heavy with that Dutch accent that yeah. that 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 Tom Parker, Colonel Tom Parker, didn't really even have. So it's <laughs> like, it. what is the purpose here? What to, I, to see if I like? I wanted to see if I could do a Dutch accent because it's really hard. I don't know. Um, but I mean, he's so probably not, a hardcore Elvis fan. I bet he had to be a part oh, of this. He loves that's his era. That's probably my guess. But who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was it was a truly fantastic movie. I loved it. Well, I'm hearing more and more of this from people who are not Boz Lerman fans who thought the movie would blow. And OK, so now I, I definitely want to watch it. I got to get uh, on this. It's on HBO Max. I know so it is. It is. It yeah, is. it is. Check it out. Make, they don't have that in Canada. So. Uh, maybe I gotta go, I'll go back to America and watch it. I do go back and forth. Thing. Yeah, come to America, watch a movie. Here come to America. America. <laughs> there are no cats in America. America. The streets are filled with, with cheese. cheese. <laughs> oh yeah, the mouse of Vince, baby. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah that's great. 
Anything else, Travis? Oh, no, that's all I watched. But now I want to watch American Tale. But yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to that being turned on. And I watched Can't Hardly Wait, of course. Mm, I heard about that movie. Okay. Oh, you know what I did watch also? I I watched the first 40 minutes of the new Amazon Prime Rings of Power and went, eh, eh, and I turned it off. I, I, you know, and I feel bad because like it's one of those it's getting like bombarded from like racist fuckheads, uh, people who can't handle anyone but white people being in movies. So I feel bad that like, I was like, I hated it, too. But, you know, for non psychotic reasons, I just yeah. I just I just man, it was you know what it felt like, you know, how like, you know, how Walmart has like great value and you can get. Samoa cookies any time of the year for like a dollar, but they're shit as opposed to like the, the Girl Scout cookies that come rarely and they are actually really, really good. Even though, so it's technically the same exact fucking cookie, but it's such like, eh, like who cares about this? It's dry. And anyways, um, that's how it felt. It just felt like an imitation. It just felt unnecessary. Didn't care for it. That's, there's nothing wrong. We have a critical eye here at the show. It's cinema nine. We review a movie in depth every week. Okay, so that's acceptable. Of course, it's not fair for racist assholes or bigoted people to get lumped in with criticism. There's a separate world between two, and I think that's very, very rational and fair. I do. So I just want to support you and your uh, critical eye. I appreciate your support, my friend. <laughs> you got it. All right, Eric, right. Yeah, Eric. Uh, what do you want to criticize? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I didn't last 40 minutes. I watched like the prologue and then that was it. I, I was like, I, I don't care. I don't care yeah. about the rest of this. I don't so care. So self-serious. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's all I have to say about that. Uh, I've been really, really enjoying um, Light and Magic on Disney+. Plus. I'm like, uh, I, I used to be obsessed with like the history of industrial light and magic, like in the nineties, that's all I would think about, talk about. I still remember sending out for the making of star Wars through a corn pops promotion, where I had to collect all the UPCs and send it off. And they sent me a VHS of the making of star Wars. And I would watch it every single day. Uh, and then I decided that I wanted to be a animator and work for ILM more than anything in the entire world. And, I took a class on computer graphics and I immediately changed my major because I hated drawing on the computer. Um, but yeah, <laughs> well, this what, is a uh, fucking fantastic documentary directed by Larry Kasdan, who of course screen wrote the, the two, uh, episodes five and six. Um, it, it, it's, it could not be more particulous in its detail of the founding of this company and uh, the state of the art uh, visual effects that were birthed by the 1977 classic uh, and continue to this day. Uh, I love it. It's a fucking fantastic and grossing series if you're into special effects. Uh, cool. Really good. We have a we have a friend. I won't say his name, but he's he kind of made it happen, actually. What yeah, he made it happen. He made it happen. He made did. It happen. <laughs> he did. I detect a hint of jealousy is all. Hey, uh, what's the pr- we might truly be seeing him in a month, like from this moment. Yeah, it, I'm looking forward is to it, it going to happen? Is anyone thinking it'll happen? I don't know. Hope so. I would love to see it so. happen. Yes. If you're watching this, Paul, we're, we want to see you. We you said his name. You said his name. <laughs> now he's going to come and haunt us. There's a lot True. of Pauls. I feel like there's at least 75 Pauls in the United there's, States. There's at least at least 75, 80. You're listening to Paul talk. <laughs> it's a Paulcast. Hey, 30 Pauls agree. Come on. <laughs> 50 million Pauls can't be wrong. Um, 
You know what? I've been reading my kids at school the the witches, the Roald Dahl film. So I decided if we end up watching uh, the the original Nicholas Rogue film after we uh, finish this book, I better take a look at it and see if it's appropriate. <laughs> you ever seen this fucking movie with Angelica? Many Houston? times. Many times. What is this? How I love it. How is this a movie? <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> you said it was the wit the witches. Yeah, the, the witches. witches. You didn't grow up with. I grew up with that one. No, I've never oh, seen yeah. it. And like, I, I'm only like a chapter into the book with them. But like, I'm. I turned the movie on. I'm like, it was like an hour long sermon by this nasty ass <laughs> fucking creature that Angelica Houston plays. All she talks about is killing kids. For like an hour. Hmm. What is this? It's you know, it's classic dark children's stuff. You know, back when we they used to give kids stuff to you know, make them. <laughs> Haunt you know, or like you know, make us strong by t scaring the shit out of us or yeah. something. I don't Be know. wary I of it. this world. This world is scary. Yeah, they didn't yeah. coddle us in the in the eighties or like before. A, I don't know, right? like a not a dark crystal, but you know, I don't know something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, it was Jim Henson produced, yeah, so you shit. have uh, practical like the like the rats in it. I loved it. Like every time yeah. they'd show these rats, I didn't think I would care, but I loved them because they're cute little puppets. Yeah. And then I watched the trailer for this new Bob Zemeckis uh, Witches, and I'm like, I, I wouldn't even bother looking at the screen if that rat was on on the screen. Like, who cares? I watched it. It it's wasn't a cartoon. Yeah, it's not well, they still do yeah. that. I mean, Coraline was somewhat newer, and that was like that same yeah. vein. So they still make that's that true. stuff, yeah, like, yeah. which is well, good. That's probably 15 years old now, though. I mean, oh yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. yeah, um, it's pretty much it. You know, I went back and watched Pee Wee's Big Adventure, laughed out loud many times. Uh, cool. never <laughs> <laughs> yes, Mike. Yes, Everybody Mike. can do a Pee Wee Herman. It's not hard yeah, to do, yeah. so it's not special. Shout out to Mark Holton. Shout out to hey, Mark Holton. Mark, I, yeah. Mark, we miss you, man. It's been a minute. If you got something new, you got a new show or a new movie coming out, let us know. Hit us up, cinnamonipod at gmail.com. Mark Holton. <laughs> and uh, I went back and watched Fantasia because, like, all my life I've been like, oh, who cares? Like those boring old songs and like like boring guys, like the like the the maestro. They keep cutting to him. I just remember being so bored. I watched it again. I was in awe and disbelief. I was weeping by the time it ended. It's so <laughs> gorgeous. It's a work of art. Oh my God, the so uh, the 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 rites of spring opening, the whole evolution oh. of human, like uh, that whole opening Maybe. back when evolution wasn't a controversial topic. And they could put it in a fucking Disney movie. It was that's it's so incredible. Uh, okay, I'm just gonna let that one sit. I, Wait, I, I see not, your point. It's not a controversial topic. There aren't people that say teach. You're saying back then when it wasn't. I mean, Scope's Monkey Trial was 15 yeah, years before is. that. But whatever. <laughs> okay, that's, that's why I, said, I don't want to open this. I don't want to no, even no, do no, that. No, you're right. You raise a yeah, good yeah, point. Yeah. No, no, no. You raise a oh, good okay. point. Oh wow! Thank you. I appreciate yeah, that. I concede the point. There you go, gentlemen. Just, Clarence Darrow there, in here. All right, there you go. <laughs> William Jennings Bryan's going to show up. It's going to be intense, right. man. Let's inherit yeah. that wind. That's what okay. populism was populism, damn it. <laughs> uh, Michael? Okay, uh, you know, uh, 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 um, I, I stopped I stopped, I stopped watching uh, those, like, uh, the befuddle of the baffling, the <laughs> bee... The bamboozling bamboozling Oh, befuddled, baffling bamboozlement. That's fun. Those are three fun bees. That is fun. Uh, that's a triple word score. Uh, so I stopped watching those docs. So I'm I'm off those now, and um, I 
feel like uh, I wanted to watch the Elvis movie, but it hadn't come out yeah. yet. So Fucking awesome. it was uh, when I had the chance to watch a movie on Friday night, it was one night too soon. So I had to wait. I will watch Elvis. I want to watch Elvis. And other than that, um, I think there was. Oh, OK. So I watched. I didn't know this was a thing. In fact, Leanne's sister enlightened me that A League of Their Own was a TV show now. So I was yeah. like, holy shit, I love A League of Their Own. And it's like way more authentic, the show. And then, I mean, the movie's great. I'll always love the movie, but it was made in 92. And there's like a hint, I guess, of a lesbian. Maybe I mean, Rosie O'Donnell came out later on. But like, yeah, you know, yeah. this show does a much better job of being much more authentic and honest about female athletes in a locker room and what would have really been happening there it just wasn't public knowledge in the 40s so uh, i'm very much into the show i've watched three episodes i'm digging it loving it and uh i'm definitely gonna knock the rest of that out as soon as i can find some time but okay. i guess the only other movie i got to watch was can't hardly wait which uh makes me sad because you know i do have two movies that i had lined up i just wasn't able to pull the trigger on them so i can't bring them to the table because i didn't watch them well that makes sense yeah, that, I mean, that's um, usually how the show works. Anybody watch that Alanis Morissette doc on uh, HBO Max? It's been out uh, for a while. Out. Yeah, it's been out for a while, but I did not see it. No, um, I'm not a huge fan. I don't hate her or anything. I'm just not a fan. I, I want to watch it. I just haven't seen it. I'm interested. There's another Woodstock 99 doc, too, out on Netflix. A new one. Yeah. Oh, I talked. <laughs> did enough. I bring that up on the show? Did I, I talk about I'll, that? Anymore? You did, I think so. Yeah. Okay, good. I just want to make sure. I definitely watched that on Netflix. That was great. It was, <laughs> was, it was it a different any, take. It was it was a different take than the other one because I felt like I got enough with the HBO doc. I, I didn't need the Netflix <laughs> version of the same fucking story. Well, <laughs> the, the, the HBO one was a lot more focused on like a a social positioning of the time frame, and the Netflix one's a little more straightforward. Gives you some other stuff uh, from the perspective of a wider swath of all the people there and. But it's, I suppose there would be like a huge revelation outside of a few nuggets. So, yeah. Yeah. You got, the I, like, I like more than a couple nuggets, you know? Okay. You know, I mean, you're either a 10 piece guy or a 20 piece guy. <laughs> I mean, right. I want at least 10 nuggets of new information here. Line them <laughs> up, hot, dip them in ranch. Hot mustard. You kidding me? Well, what? Sweet and sour. Are you kidding me? Oh, hot mustard. Hot mustard. Honey. Honey mustard, maybe. We're back on food talk. You're, you're welcome yeah, we to chicken are. nugget talk. Hey, you guys <laughs> like chicken nuggets? Um, just wondering, we got a question from Bernardo. Um, just wondering, can we send movie suggestions or do you guys choose the movies for each week? Well, you know, we typically choose them ourselves every week. We have done, like, a, 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 occasionally we will, like, open up a thing where people can send it up. If we can get a bunch of suggestions, then we'll pick one of those suggestions at random. So we give you like the chance, which is kind of a bullshit. Um, you know, that's not, that's not like, Hey, yeah, you can suggest a movie. You're like, Oh, you might get a chance to suggest a movie, which is less rewarding. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, if you send it in, it's been a long time. Yeah, we could, we, could, we did a listener's choice. And we, yeah, we were talking about backing off on guests a little bit too. So we could do a listener's choice episode instead of a guest, maybe. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. If we, get, if, I'll tell you what. If you want to send one in, my friend, please do. Um, and if other people listening, if you want to send one in, we ask you yeah, maybe limit it to one. We don't, you know, so we can just kind of make it fair. Uh, but if we can get a, enough in in a, in a relatively soon time period, let's say you know, just a handful really would be enough. So if a few people do it, then we'll pick one of those at random. At random. Of Yay! Course. 
barely. All right. All right. Thanks, Bernardo. That's yeah. Thanks. If man. you Bernardo, you could lead the movement. So if you want to start like an online movement, organize. You could be part of the <laughs> Cinema Nine crew on Facebook. Uh, we're on Twitter, of course. We're on your standard social yeah, yeah. media. Work for us for free, Bernardo. That's what he's asking. You. <laughs> well, if you're inspired, punch it's, in it's for true. Cinema Nine. <laughs> true inspiration is impossible to fake. Okay, but wow. if he's inspired genuinely by his own accord, you're inspiring then, me. You know, yes. God love him. Thank you, God Bernardo. love you, Mike Govier. Bert, God love Travis. God love Eric. God love Bernardo. Cinema God Nine Podcast. Us, Everybody love us. God bless us all. All right, it's time to get focused on the main event. It's time to talk about Can't Hardly Wait, a 1998 film starring a plethora of people, uh, a lot of them, Seth Greens and, you know, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Ethan Embry, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. A whole bunch of people are in this film. Peter Facinelli. Where did you go, Peter Facinelli? Where have you been? Uh, is he still alive? Been a long time since Big Kahuna. Big Kahuna. I love Big Kahuna. You know that. I'm ready. Yeah. I didn't get it when we lived together at the dump and you brought it home or, or like we rented it once and I had never seen it before. And I was like, what the fuck? This movie is so lame. But I watched <laughs> I it about that. 10 years later. Yeah. About 10 years later, I was like, oh my God, I get this. This is great. <laughs> mm. uh, you had to get immersed in like some sort of corporate culture to properly appreciate it, probably. Right. Yeah, you had to be a bit more jaded and bitter to really <laughs> yes. take it home. No, it's true. Yeah. You were still you were, you were still too fresh on the vine at the time. You need to be more <laughs> rotten on the ground. I'm too happy. <laughs> too happy. Your uh, life was too yeah, good to appreciate good... that movie at the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I also mixed up that movie and uh, was that one with the Breakfast of Champions. For some reason, I mixed that one up. The oh, Bruce right, Willis right. one, like yeah, the Wheaties yeah. box. Like, I don't know why I mixed those <laughs> yeah, two. Vonnegut. Very different. Speaking of Vonnegut. That's uh. That's why. That's why. Uh, what the fuck is Ethan Embry's character's name in this movie again? Preston. 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 Preston oh. Brooks. That's right. That's where he's going to nice. a, a, a Kurt Vonnegut weekend like that or a retreat. He's gonna go hang out with Kurt Vonnegut for. <laughs> Saying a, a good sign. Travis just asked what the main character's name is. <laughs> <laughs> he's the guy. He what? wears shirts sometimes. Yep. <laughs> Some yeah. Sometimes. Man. Now that Mike is completely out of the picture, I was thinking maybe you'd like to come in my van and turn that frown upside down. Amanda, hey, I, I just saw what happened and I... Oh, God, you're a hottie. Hey, can I see you naked? Hey, Amanda, you remember that time you danced with me in the soft pop? I never told you, but I had the hugest boner and I oh thought maybe, God. you don't know, we could work things out. Well, uh, you chose this movie, Can't Hardly Wait. So uh, why don't you tell us the first time you saw this film? Let's take you back to 1998. Right? There's like one song on the fucking radio. And there's one <laughs> there's one movie. Uh, you know, we graduated, as Mike said, at the start of the at the start of the hour that um, we graduated in 1998. This movie came out immediately, like a week yeah. after we graduated, I the think it was. The night of our senior all-night party. The night of our senior all-night party. Which, so yeah. we were all together there and not going yeah. to movies. But within a week, I mean, I, I saw it in theaters. I don't remember who I saw it with. Um, I, I think I, I probably saw it with my girlfriend at the time, but I can't recall for certain. But I I mean, I saw it in theaters, and then when it came out on VHS, oof, man, watched the ever-loving <sighs> shit out of it for a while, for a long while. Watched it a lot. Um and uh, definitely felt like it was, um, 
I mean, I, uh, as, as one or two of you may also have done partied quite a bit in my uh, high school years for, so for a senior high school, senior movie to just be a party, I was into <laughs> it. I was into it. So, but I hadn't watched it in a long, long forever. So here we are. Damn. Oh, okay. Uh, Eric, do you remember watching this movie in 98 or was it later? No, I rented it from Blockbuster Video in 1998, and I enjoyed it with my friends, Johnny and Paul, uh, and we enjoyed the film. Uh, you see, I had never been to a party like in high school. You were William Lichter. <laughs> so I, couldn't, I couldn't relate <laughs> to anything besides maybe uh, William Lichter, um, so I remember laughing at that part. Um, I do like I do remember liking the, the the film quite a bit, especially all three Smash Mouth songs. All three, three, <sighs> all three oh. Smash Mouth songs heavily heavily featured Smash Mouth. Yeah, yeah, which oh. is fitting. It's ninety eight. Ninety eight, of course it is. Yeah, yeah. there's uh, actually that it gets to one of my beefs about the film, which we'll cover with Guns and Roses <clears> being like a centerpiece of the movie. Uh, it it doesn't hey, fit uh, the time period, but whatever. It I mean, even uh, can't would... hardly wait. The song by the replacements is not exactly 1998. Yeah, yeah. but that's no. Okay. That that there is like a sense that the people who made this movie they kind of had like some advisors that knew what was going on in the world at that time. But then like they still put their own party days into the film, mm-hmm. from like the yeah. 80s or something. But whatever, it's it's not a big deal. It's just something I noticed. Uh, I hadn't. I did not see this movie for a couple years after. I I missed it. Um, uh, I just. Whoosh. Woo! I definitely saw it on like a TNT or something, you know, like <laughs> a cable one night. And I was like, oh, this movie is fun. This is interesting. I, I remember being a little annoyed. I was like this Jenna Elfman side quest. I was like, yeah, uh, you know, still annoying. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Jenna Elfman, though. Hey, Jenna Elfman is. Remember her? She was a thing. Dharma and Greg. She's not dead yeah. as far as I know. <laughs> I just haven't seen her. She's in a still while, a so. thing, technically. Seen her a long time. She's an entity. <laughs> <laughs> she a good for good for her. I'm glad she's an entity. Uh, but yeah, I I remember it being definitely. It, I definitely looked at it through a lens of the party world and high school and all that stuff. But actually, I think I did that more as it become a staple for me. This is a movie I started to watch more and more the older I got, and I enjoyed it more and more. So really, uh, reverses yeah. me. That's funny. I know. Oh. I, it's. Hey, life uh, finds a way. Um, so, what is the score on this film? Uh, this has this can't this can't be an eight because it's not that. It's uh, but I think it's be- I think it's beloved though, right? I mean, to a certain generation. That's what I'm saying. Can it be over a seven? No, no. I'm gonna say six point eight. I'm gonna say seven point oh. I feel like it's a six seven. Like there are people who love this movie, but then other people are like, "What the fuck?" Or yeah. uh, there's also stuff with this movie that uh, didn't stand we'll the test it. of time. We'll, we'll get to yeah, it. There's so. some issues. Okay. Yeah, yeah, of course there is. Uh, so <laughs> ninety-eight. Oh wow, six point five. All right. Okay, six point five. The future is not always kind. Uh, yeah, you know, well. Sometimes. Where's where are all the ninety-eighters at? They're not on IMDb. Come on, guys. You gotta support your class. <laughs> B-I-C-T-O-R-Y. That's our Heartland battle cry. Woo! We were big. Whoa. I forgot <laughs> We were that. big supporters of pep rallies. Yeah. <laughs> that meant a lot to us, you know. So, uh, <laughs> Over on what they call Rotten Tomatoes, they have given it a score from the critics' point of view, which will be different from the audience's. 40% from the critics. That's, That's a low. splat. That's a splat. That's a... 
That's a splat. Yeah, forty percent. That seems they a little harsh. For it. Yeah, they didn't care for it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, clearly they didn't. That's a f- yeah. Yeah, I just feels like it's not like it, it's a well done movie in terms of like it being a structured. I don't know. It's not like a piece of shit. So forty seems harsh. Sixty three percent from the audience. So that's definitely more I, of a. That's lower than I would have guessed from the audience. But maybe it's not I, as beloved as I thought. Ooh. Uh, back in the day, people reviewed this movie. Some people like, uh, boy, I don't know who's going to chime in on this one. Peter it could Travers. be anybody. This is prime time for him. <laughs> hey, Peter. Uh, Ann Hornaday reviewed it in 2014 from the Baltimore Sun. She said, youth may be wasted on the young, but it's a drop in the bucket compared to the time-wasted pandering to them. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, well, as someone who was the exact demographic, I could tell you, it spoke to me. <laughs> I felt more than yeah. pandered to. See, she didn't get. You just don't get it, Anne. You don't get it, um, Anne. Horny day. See, uh, we got <laughs> Anne Horny day. Uh, horny day. <laughs> I get. That's finally the jokes we made. Roger Ebert <sighs> back in the day. Roger reviewed this in real time, and he said. The movie lumbers ungracefully <laughs> from romantic showdowns to deep conversations to bathroom humor. <laughs> yes, that is that is affirmative, which I, I've always liked about the movie because uh, I like things to be, you know, serious talk with bathroom humor, humor mixed together is kind of my thing. But <laughs> I do admit, I mean, like the, the romantic angle of the film is maybe the weakest part of the film or one of the weakest. Yeah. I mean, uh, with the amount of characters they're juggling here, I do like that if I'm not into one story, the next one's coming pretty quick. So, yeah, yeah. I never minded them meandering too much. Same. Uh, One more pause. This is from Mick LaSalle. Pretty limited review number. Hey, Mick from the San Francisco Chronicle. Oh, Mick. Hey, Mick. (laughs) The directors get good performances from a talented cast. Sure. All right. That's he, he's an adjective. There's one adjective right in there. Yeah. I think. <laughs> Maybe two adjectives. <laughs> uh, one more splat from the Globe and Mail across right. the pond. Liam Lacey said, "Oh, Liam wouldn't Man, get it." Yeah, come on, Liam. You're not. You know, yeah, it's not your thing. Do they have high school in Britain? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Ireland. Matt, Ireland. Matt, actually, we have a. I, I don't mean to disrespect our wonderful viewer slash listener who wrote us from Britain a few months ago. Remember? Sure. So, yeah. Can't remember his name. That, he told us about that movie. That guy was great. So sorry, my bad. You're a dick. Manage, Le- yeah, that's Mike <laughs> Govier right here. Uh, Liam Lacey says manages to serve up new rock, '80s dance music, <laughs> rap, and Barry Manilow, a combination custom made to annoy audiences <laughs> of all ages. Oh man, I mean this soundtrack is all fucking it's, over the place. Were you guys blasting stop. Funky Cole Medina at your parties in high school? No, that's the 80s thing. Exactly. That's one of the uh, beefs. Um, Flashlight. I remember playing Flashlight more than, yes. one, you know, that song was like it. We played that in the, in the 90s. That was Parliament Funk was in PCU in 1994. And yeah. that was yeah, that, the, pure, the pure funk compilation. Everyone had that. Yes. Right? I had it. Oh, me, hell yeah, dude. Me <laughs> and, that is it. so 98. Topset right. had that on CD. And when we went to Central our freshman pure year funk. in 98, that was Dude. he had like ten discs in that booklet. He had Metallica, Pure Funk, uh, Ted Nugent, uh, and like that was it. Oh, and uh, Scorpions. Like, uh, okay. such a, pure Funk was great. It was more of a better compilation ever. Yeah. More of a pure moods guy, you know. <laughs> ah, 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 
the um, Enigma. The, return to innocence. Enigma. Yes, return to innocence. <laughs> oh, return to innocence. Hi. Yeah, that's fun. Yep. Uh, okay. Yeah. So the soundtrack's all over the place. Uh, it's supposed yeah. to be. Now it doesn't say exactly where this is, right? It's like because like Huntington it's Pennsylvania Hills. Is it Pennsylvania? Yeah, oh, they so, do. Well, they they don't. It, they it, they call it Huntington, um, but the screenwriters uh, they grew up in Abington, Pennsylvania, mm. uh, affluent suburb outside of Philadelphia. Okay. Oh wait a minute! Uh, over by Villanova. I believe so. Oh okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about because uh, yeah, Near, that is. Uh, God, what's the name of that other town that starts with A? Yeah, it's that. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm, I'm thinking. Like, I worked uh, there for like six months. I can't think of the name of the town. Pennsylvania <laughs> uh, talk. Uh, and not Ambrose. Anyways. Yeah, uh, it's on a Google Maps. I swear it's right there. Yeah. But okay, so the soundtrack's all over the map. Uh, it's a anywhere USA, but it's Pennsylvania. Fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got a huge cast. So the cast is yeah. littered with a bunch of people that you'd be like, oh, I know him. I know her. Uh, is yeah, anybody yeah. like? Yeah, a lot. Some. A great cameo is funny. Jerry O'Connell playing Trip, Trip which McNeely. is a great. It's a great name. Trip McNeely Trip is McNeely. like yeah. Yeah. such a great. I'm a high school asshole jock name. It's yep. really well done. Uh, Eric, how'd you feel about that Selma Blair cameo? Loved it. Yeah, loved Selma <laughs> Blair as like girl's friend number two. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, Clea Duvall pops in. There's some. There's, there's Jason Segel in there. Jason fucking Siegel is the watermelon guy. Yep. Oh yeah, that's right. And of course, we haven't even mentioned Charlie Cors. We we alluded to his character, but Charlie Corsmo of Dick Tracy fame and sure. uh, Siggy. Is, yeah, Siggy. Oh, Siggy. Yeah. Siggy. So, how Travis? Now, I don't know. I don't think I talked about this enough with you, Travis. But the fact they're wearing X Files shirts. The truth is out there. That yeah. was so huge at this time, <laughs> and that is that is definitely what one of the parts of the movie that draws you into this time period outside of the chaotic movie soundtrack to me. So, yeah, that's very 1998. Their obsession with David Duchovny and X Files and all that stuff. <laughs> but one one of the things I like most about the that whole side thing is that like once William Lichter gets into the party like he really doesn't even have that many beers like he, he like it's really he just needed to loosen up and like be around some people and like it's it's just you know like he's it turns out he's like a fucking party animal which is you know probably says something about most people <laughs> <laughs> I also will say that this that him and Mike connecting because they're mm-hmm. drunk and the social strata being blown apart for a while because people are drunk and partying, and they're also feeling down to the dumps from one end. They're starting to meet in the middle, I guess. Yeah. Mike's on his way down, and Lictor's on his way up. It, there were I had a couple of moments at parties with people that I would not be talking to, or they wouldn't talk to me. So it, that really rung home to me. Like Some of the parts of this movie are really authentic movie party reminders, but real-life party reminders that I had, like, senior year like there was a couple blowout crazy parties where this is meld of like three classes of different generations of people coming together and uh, it was fun and it reminded me of that so i want to give the movie credit for feeling actually even to this day like authentic in some of the ways that a party unfolds at least in like a suburban town on a saturday night i guess so yeah you know go ahead go ahead go ahead please travis well our, our high school like any high school, how many people were in our high school? Was it three hundred in our graduating class? I mean, was it like oh graduating class about two fifty? Yeah, three hundred. Okay. 
Okay, so in our graduating class and the other classes as well, we were fairly close to knit high school, just big enough to be like big, but uh, or big ish, but still small enough that everybody knew everybody. And, you know, there was cliques and whatnot, but by, especially by the time we graduated, like everybody was pretty much friends with everybody. And especially those last few senior parties, like it would be just a big old mix of all the different fucking archetypes. And, uh, and I really enjoy that. And, and watching the movie, I think there's some really well represented. There's the guys in the band. There's like the guys that linger around the keg, but you know, there's always those guys at a party. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like these, the, you know, there's the stoner guys, the klepto, like there's all these, these <laughs> groups are like, like totally represented and totally believable. Like I, I'm like, Oh, there's that guy. I know that. Oh, the remember when guy. Yeah. He doesn't, it doesn't have to be, <laughs> doesn't have to be the last day of high school for, to hang out with the remember, remember when guy. <laughs> Which character was most like you uh, in this movie? Hmm. I don't know. That's for someone else to say. I feel like I don't know if I can yeah. label myself. Yeah, uh, I have a hard time. But like, because uh, like you see, I see myself a lot of different ways sometimes. So I guess I I could even been like Lickner in a moment, like party, hey, woo! and then other times I was still like talking to people regularly. So I didn't feel like a total outcast. I don't know. I I can't I can't find one. I yeah. sang in bands and took myself too seriously, so maybe uh, Brecken Meyer's character <laughs> and Loveburger. Yeah, Meyer. but you just you just went. Okay, that's like a, part of that. He, he looks like a young Greg Dooley in that movie too. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's like, what that outfit he's wearing though? Let's, okay, so that stop. part maybe yeah. you wouldn't wear that outfit, but yes, that character. Okay, no. sure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like by the time I graduated, I I was wearing like a fucking like leather, like a Ray Liotta oh, leather, yeah. like like leather yeah. jacket style thing and like a classic. chain necklace and, and rings the Bert everywhere umber the Bert sure. umber leather yeah, jacket umber. Was a classic. Still one of my still yeah. one of my favorite colors that um, was a that was a hell of a jacket it really was you're right but i still have it I kept, like, how could i Yay! not <laughs> That's wonderful. that makes that makes me happy and i also <laughs> love the fact that love burger they finally get it all together again and they count it down and then the party gets broken up i love that that is so that's Perfect. a funny bit i don't know why i love that It'll we never get bit. to actually hear them <laughs> nope <laughs> what we about you eric? eric did you find yourself in the party well yeah I, I, i'm pretty much just like preston because i i literally did what he did like i wrote this girl a letter that i was obsessed with harvey proofread it and he's like you got to give this to this girl and like that literally oh. happened in my life and I never did give it to this person, and I regret it to this day. But, like, yeah, a lot of unrequited love. So I'm kind of like Preston meets uh, William Lichtner. Because I do remember the first time I got drunk at a huge party two months after this release, Andy Johnston's house. And I was, like, rolling was around there? down the stairs, go, go fucking going nuts, losing my mind. It was a whole new experience for me. It was very like liberating. Eighth, eighth grade through senior year, I was like, because I partied like a motherfucker, as did Mike. And we were friends in high school, but I could never get you to come out. So it was like such a big deal for no, you to finally to come, come out. To a, yeah, yeah, I couldn't do that. For you to finally come to a party. And that summer, woof. I mean, we already alluded to this wow. summer on uh, on the 10-minute topics at one point. So yeah. I won't repeat <laughs> any of my illicit activities from that summer. But that was a wild summer. Oh, the the summer after we graduated? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was off the rails. I mean, I'd say. People who don't know me, uh, yes, Travis, I'll speak more on my part. Uh, I just... I was just like, just pound. I was just, every day it was a drug fest party. I was doing Robitussin and LSD and all these lucidians. <laughs> just like every day. Like, yeah. I didn't want the party to stop. Like, and then college came around and fall. And it's like, oh <laughs> shit, I gotta, I gotta do a 180 here. And I was not ready at all. So the party continued. But yeah, yeah that's a different story. What I will tell you is 
I thought maybe now that you say that, Eric, mm-hmm. it might be pressing in all three of us. Like, sure, sure. You know, I think yeah. I know you too. You know me, and we're all we can be romantic fellas at times in our lives. So there's probably I'm not Preston fully, but I've certainly uh, there's a part of me in him. Well, I think that's for me. That's one of the things that the thing that works most about this movie for me is the characters. And I referred to them as archetypes earlier, but the reality, of course, is that everybody's nuanced and no one just like fills an archetype so that we can see ourselves in almost every character, I think, is good. That's part of the point, I think, that, you know, we're all nuanced individuals, but so you can see yourself. But at the same time, it feels like different people are being represented when you watch the movie, which is cool. Uh, maybe that's a good time to talk about Seth Green character and how the representation. <laughs> now, that character exists. Very realistic. It's very realistic. New especially special, for, okay. yeah, yeah, for 1998 and that time period and the high school that we went to. To me, it rang like, oh, God, I know that guy. Oh, I yeah. do. <laughs> at, least, at least Kenny, Seth, Seth Green's character, at least Kenny in his life actually interacted with a handful of black people that he went to school with. <laughs> the kids at our school were just like, <laughs> I don't know, I guess they listened to Biggie, so they figured they could just talk like yeah. that. Not everybody. Yes. Course, but there was some. Yes. Oh, we went, I mean, we went to the white, one of the whitest high schools you find. It was just not a diverse population. 99% yeah. white high school. It was. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So. Yeah. I mean, so obviously it doesn't. I th- the question here, guys, is uh, it's a movie, so it's a fictional portrayal, but it's supposed to be like something you relate to and connect to. Like, oh, I know that person. Uh, uh, the party seems real to me, so like it draws you into a way because it connects with your real life. So what we do, does it hold up or not? Uh, obviously, you know, the language and what he does and trying to be something he's not and adopting. A cultural heritage that is not his that's totally bogus clearly of course i mean the movie again so we might as well get to it we're 50 minutes in the movie is jam-packed with things that are uncomfortable to an audience today i can only Mm -hmm. imagine someone like a kid like an 18 year old now watching this movie and being like what the fuck this this is you find this representative like what was going (laughs) on in the 90s and i'll tell you what's going on in the 90s a lot of homophobia and racism that was that was what was going on in the nineties. The easy jokes that are making fun, like even like Lictor's and his and nerd buddies, like Big Plan is like homophobic in nature, like and, or like when Mike Dexter finally gets like uh, humiliated in front of a crowd of people, and you get the terrible ADR off screen F slur thrown at him. Uh, which, oh by the my way, God, yeah. the ADR in this movie is off the charts. I'm like, there's so many people like talking off screen that you can't see. I'm like, why again with this? Like, it's nonstop. It's very distracting. Yeah, but that yeah, is... not as distracted as the F slur. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but... the late '90s. Like the only thing worse than being called that word was getting an MIP. <laughs> <laughs> we I certainly mean, know a few people who got one of those. Am I right? Yeah, that the the F slur was just. It, it probably happens still with a lot of teenagers today because immaturity is a part of the unfortunate growth, and homophobia has always been rampant in the United States, so it's baked into it. Yeah. So it, it, it's a bummer. It's just how it is. And it would probably be if some kids who watch it would be like, oh, yeah, we talk like that. And that sucks that it still exists. But at the same time, we look at it now as 40-year-olds like, oh, man. And and I remember, you know, I remember uh, I told Travis, you know, it happened to me later in my life because I, I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop saying. Why am I saying this? Because I would, I would throw around Fs all the time because it was just like part of the culture I grew up in. It was second nature to me. But then I had an epiphany as an older man and a mature man, and I knew what 
so many people had gone through coming out of the closet and how much pain existed with people who were challenged and buried by homophobia in this country that once you understand that pain, have an ounce of empathy for it. it I don't know how you could ever do that again. So, um, you know, you're immature, you <clears throat> fuck up, you realize, whoa, what I'm doing is stupid. And if you correct that error, then that's part of the process. And you learn from others and engage with them and you learn their stories. So, I think the choice by... Uh... Deborah Kaplan and Harry Elfont, who I had to really dig into, to uh, include this Kenny character uh, in this manner. It's a smart one. I, I like it because, I mean, at some point, everyone kind of pretends th throughout high school. They're, they're pretending to be someone else in a lot of ways. I know I definitely did. Um, sure. But they, they were they were limited in the screenplay. They, they There's no way they were going to let them have like predominantly like gay teenagers or, or non-binary characters or anyone really with these types of identity issues we see today. So th they decide to pick someone who is struggling with their identity, I think in an interesting way for the time uh, yeah. that works and tells us stuff today that still should be heard. And I, and I think that's, I think you make really good points. And I think that's one of the key themes of the movie is this, um, which is, hardly surprising because it's this universal age where you're looking for your identity you're settling in to like you're 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 sloughing off like the high school you and you're looking forward like well who am i actually out, outside of, from this shell that i've been in and these and these people that i've always been around so you yeah. see that with him most clearly but i think you get it a lot with amanda herself she talks about how she doesn't know who she is without being mike's girlfriend and she's like a totally underdeveloped character but that's also kind of the point that she herself has not I developed her identity and by the end of the movie I'm like no don't go with Preston you need time to work on you <laughs> <laughs> you know what oh man I just thought of so this definitely happened in our age so when Mike he wants all the bros to break up with the girlfriends because he broke up with Amanda <laughs> this was this was a phrase of the 90s. Bros before hoes. Oh, that was boy. said so many times. Anybody Dang. who existed, who's my, our age at all, you know exactly what I'm yep. talking about if you're a dude. And it was yep. just like a stupid thing that just attached itself to hoes. a bunch of teenage. Yeah, it was like, hey, yeah, that's our identity. They would, we would make that our identity. Our friends were everything. Our, our guy friends are first and foremost. And that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, we weren't as uh, douchebaggy as Mike, but that rang true to me too. I remember like driving in my car and like you know giving my girlfriend shotgun and like having friends be like, "What the fuck? Like you're gonna you're gonna make me sit in the back?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's my <laughs> girlfriend. She's gonna sit in the front. What the fuck is wrong with you?" <laughs> yep, that's right. <sighs> A phrase uh, birthed purely in insecurity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's an insecure age, I guess. Oh no, it's it's just like cluelessness too. It's like. Uh, uh, we're, we got to form our tight little bond here as our unit. And like, cause you also, yeah, you feel insecure, but you also feel yeah. like if you don't have a foundation, even if it's built on shit like that, uh, you feel like you're empty or you're missing something too, which I guess is insecurity in the end. But, uh, you know, Mike's character, it's like stereotypical in a way, but sure. it's also it's also that viable. guy. That guy. Yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. it's viable. Yeah, that, that guy. guy exists. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love the moment you discussed earlier when he kind of uh warms up to to William. This happened to me. <laughs> uh like a year after I graduated, this dude 
Chris, and his last name rhymes rhyme, uh, rhyme with fish. <laughs> I know who you mean. Yeah, he used to push exactly me into the lockers every single day, call me names. And I saw him at the gym, and he walked up to me, and he and he talked to me for like a minute about how much he felt bad for what he did and how he treated me. And uh, that touched me. And uh, watching that scene last night, it just it, it, it made the character more than just a cartoon, which would have been very, very easy to do. Now, granted, there are cartoons in this movie, Melissa Joan Hart, probably most predominantly yeah. uh, but there's also layered individuals that are going through shit and again to balance them all in a hundred minutes from these newcomers it's impressive yeah i think there's I, the the main like people that you see on the cover box pretty much um who we spend the most time with they are all fairly layered in complex characters except for um like i already mentioned amanda is is probably you know a little underdeveloped but for reasons that are you know, I already stated uh, Ethan Embry's character is the one I have the biggest problem with. He's the least interesting character. <laughs> He's the one, yep. especially that prolonged yep. diatribe by the, by oh. the uh, pool with the fucking like uh, Goo Goo oh. dolls playing, whatever's going on. Cringe. There. And Cringe. so like the, the goofy ass sincerity on his face. I'm like, I kind of uh, want to punch you, uh, but yeah. um, yep. you know, um, I don't know where I was going with that. I got distracted, but because I'm even looking at his fucking stupid face yep. next to Mike on the screen, like it's he's, punchable, he's, very uh, punchable. And I like Ethan um, Embry, but yeah. <laughs> oh, I actually yeah. like him too, but not very much in this. No, because like, his character two, sucks. Well, yeah. two things. Like one, we don't really see how, why this woman is so important to him, aside from this stupid fucking pop tart story. And, and two. In, in in two since we don't really get to read the letter, maybe because I don't know a lack of talent from the screenwriters to make it you know profound, uh, uh, but we we have nothing to really latch onto except this like puppy love that is 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 so far inferior to the other stories, and the other motivations. Yeah, and I think the whole fate thing actually detracts from the film, like um, like that the the way that the. The, the letter gets to her eventually that would like it's rolled by the keg and all that stupid shit. forest gump feather bullshit <laughs> yeah it's kind of like um you've got a pretty solid movie here and i feel like you're overplaying the romantic angle because you feel like it has to be in there but the movie would maybe be stronger with just the romance happening between uh lauren ambrose's character and seth green's character i think that's enough romance personally um as far as what everything i mean on the other hand it's kind of a driver for a lot of the plot so i guess um you know it's kind of necessary <laughs> but to, to me the strongest thing about this is all these different players uh i also i feel like ethan Embry's character though even a heel he is annoying uh that dude exists yeah so oh yeah he it's just so much more distant from a you know what we were or what we knew back then that yeah it's it's hard to really like ah oh, man this is enjoyable to watch on screen yes and all the motivations you brought in eric i'm with you on that uh, i also think that this movie is fantasy too so when <laughs> william does that paradise city scene and he's yeah. the king and he's crowd surfing in a house of a party of people the radio <laughs> yeah it's just stupid. I mean, it's just over the top and dumb, but that's fine. It's a fantasy movie yeah, as fun. much as it is based in, like, your local town. So it, it actually yeah. it straddles that line a lot where it's, like, part fantasy, part reality. And yeah. it goes, you know, it vacillates back and forth. And in the end, the romance is, I just, I agree. It's the least 
I don't give a fuck about that. I don't care about that part at all. I love the whole dynamic between Seth Green's character and his friend when they get together in the bathroom. I can't remember her name off the top of my head. I can't either. Denise. Yeah, but that, yeah. Denise, thank you. Denise, yeah. Denise. So that dynamic, that is like a lot more believable and plausible that, yeah. that they've... Yeah. They, they can't stand each other, but then like they find a connection that they used to have when they were younger, and it's based off that earlier uh, first relation they had. And I it's love like that, that part yeah. of it. Yeah, and it's like that's like the actual love story. So when that's like what I was saying. that's resolved, and all of a sudden we like fade out and then fade into this fucking subway station. It's like who cares? <laughs> yeah, we even get like the textual like here's what they did after. But yeah, the the um the chemistry between Seth Green and Lauren Ambrose is so good. They're so natural. I really believe, and then the writing's good too. Like I believe believe their like backstory their their history together i believe the awkwardness <laughs> of their kiss like it's all it's all i love that when she calls him out like you're white his he, he he changes the way he talks until like he gets defensive and like you know uh, then, he, then it com- he comes back in that, that stupid fucking voice but yeah i think that they are really the true love story and the more interesting love story and the more believable love story in this movie did you know people like when you were a senior that just completely changed from when you knew them in like grammar school. Yeah, of course. Like sure. between between like early years and then like by yeah. high school. But yeah, sure. just yeah. Like even middle people. school. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no oh, yeah. one springs immediately to right. mind for me, but um, I can yeah. think of a bunch of them. And yeah, I I myself, yeah, I've changed. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> relationships that were super tight in seventh grade by ninth or tenth grade. Pfft, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> So is this movie funny? Did you guys have moments that you laughed out loud or no? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I was very surprised at how often I, I laughed out loud. Donald Faison was making me laugh my ass off. Yeah, he's always funny. Yeah, uh, yeah he was funny. I didn't have a I didn't have a lot of like ha, 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 uh but it was there's plenty of plenty of chuckles, I suppose. I found a lot of quiet well, not quiet moments, but small moments. Like when the cops bust in and like Blink One Eighty Two bust in, which is like is the perfect song for the the police yeah. breaking up the party. Um, someone sprays silly string in the cop's face and he like screams yes. in agony. I laughed yes. so I laughed hard. Loud. I laughed. Hilarious. That's probably the hardest laugh that I got yeah. out of the whole movie. But there was a few moments where I was actually kind of surprised. Like in, even some of the dialogue, plenty. You know what they say about uh, fish and trolley or women in trolley cars, right? There's plenty of them in the sea or something like that. Um, like there was some pretty good lines in there that that, that made me laugh too. I was. I was surprised how much I ended up laughing at it. A lot of the laughs for me came from like recognition too. I was surprised how often I would just kind of chuckle because we saw this stuff back in the day. And as you got to think like, this is before any of that. We talk about this a lot, how much the social landscape has changed because of, because of technology, but like you could just catch up with someone after that many years not really know that much about their life and and connect again and that was so special you just don't see that much anymore oh there's a fun um six feet under connection did you guys notice that the tv show the hbo show six feet under which i'm a huge fan of so lauren ambrose was a main character one of the main characters in that Mm. film of course and freddie rodriguez who is also one of the main characters (laughs) on that tv show Um, he he makes an appearance in this movie, but so does um, Eric Balfour, who plays Gabe, the like the troubled boyfriend. He's the guy that licks the uh, the the frosting off of her face. I'm like fucking Gabe just licked uh, just licked the cake off her face. So it kind of feels like the six feet under people just went to this movie and went, uh, 
we'll take him, we'll take him, we'll take her, we'll take her. <laughs> <laughs> well, is so Gabe's the guy who licks. That's not the same guy I'm thinking of. I don't think. Um, so remember, remember in Six Feet Under, he's like the troubled. Like he gets, he's on drugs and he ends up killing himself eventually. He's not oh! Ben Foster's character. The guy before oh. Ben Foster. Okay. Right? Yeah. Now, I'm, yeah, no, that that checks out. I was, I was thinking of uh, the guy who plays one of the jocks was in Boogie Nights. He's the guy who uh, wants yeah. Mark Wahlberg to beat off for him. So like, yeah, as soon as I um, see his face, like, oh my god. It's that, that guy. Isn't that Flannery's brother? Um, Sean Patrick Flannery's brother or something? Is no? it? Oh, I had no idea. He's got a very is similar it, name. So maybe his name's Shannon Rowe. Oh. Okay, oh. never mind. I'm thinking the wrong person. But also speaking of siblings, even going back to my Six Feet Under thing, Jeremy Sisto is a big part of Six Feet Under, and his sister, Meadow Sisto, is somewhere in this movie. She was in Captain Ron. She's the daughter from Captain Ron. I do not <laughs> remember seeing her in this okay. movie at all, but um, she's, uh, I saw her credited. This was a big problem for me with this movie was – I just could not stop thinking and referencing not another teen movie. This movie has so has oh. literally same character has Jamie Presley who's in not another teen movie. Jamie Presley's in this and even oh <laughs> uh, uh, what's his face uh one of the uh Sean Patrick Thomas. Yeah. He makes a cameo in not another teen movie because they throw out the whole bit in not another teen it's such a long title. Not another teen movie. Uh, there's a one black guy, and they make joke about it's a token black guy because that's what Hollywood does. So Sean, no, but it's funny because Sean Patrick Thomas shows up to the party in that movie, a cameo from this film, and they're like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know it was only supposed to be one of us here." And like, it's it's a hilarious scene. Like they're just sending up the absurdity of Hollywood and their tokenism, but it's weird because I can't. Let, I love that movie. It's so funny and it's so like it's fucking dark. Of- it's a parody yeah. of this movie, though. So I mean, it like, is. of course, there's some similarities. That's like watching Airport seventy seven and then Airplane and being like, "Hey, I see similarities." <laughs> I just can't stop though because I just I love not another teen movie. It's one of the funniest movies I ever saw for a time. I'm not even kidding. So it was really hard for me to take that out of my head and be like a critical eye the guy who's watching this movie without that in my brain. It was really hard. That's all. I just want that to be very clear because it was tough. We appreciate I feel like clarity. a lot of these um, critics that splatted this one were these late 90s critics who gave such uh, reverence to fucking like Fast Times and Say Anything, these Cameron Crowe and John Hughes stuff, and they were just not quick to offer this generation a chance at their own, at their own, uh, you know, um, con- this the same concept. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Um, I also think that the movies that you just mentioned are more classic and kind of more uh, classically constructed. But yeah, I think that probably th- this movie, eh, you know, maybe I'm showing my hand here, but I, I do think that this movie probably was reviewed by a lot of people who were 10, 25 years away from high school. And, mm. you know, that one we talked about Anne Hornaday saying that it was pandering. Mm. Uh, like I didn't find this to be pandering at all. I mean, I actually found this and I think 10 things I hate about you to be two of the more um, believable. And I mean, again, like they're very Hollywood movies, but uh, like mm. relatable um, films from that era. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't have a beef with that. I don't think personally, personally. Yeah. So. All right. Well, <laughs> uh, anything uh, on the notes? notes? 
Shetty notes. I'm looking at my notes. Nothing really. Uh, nothing, you know, nothing really jumps out at me. Um, there's love for Velma back before it was cool to be into Velma. Like, oh, that's where everyone <laughs> decided to start being. Oh, Velma's the cool one. Remember how it was a cutting edge uh, remark at the time? Now it's like oh, old hat. Like, oh, of course everybody loves Velma. Yep, that's a good call. <laughs> that's a very good call. Um, yeah, I think that's all I really had to say. To be honest with you. I would agree. I, I think I'm good to go. Do you want to you want to lead it off? Sure. I I I'm the one that brought this to the table. I was really felt like this could go either way. You know, I was sitting down, I was like this it's been so long since I've seen it. I could see myself cringing through this whole thing and hating it very easily or I could see myself being like hey this is this absolutely is great so I, I really wasn't sure where to go with it and there were parts of it where I, I very much cringed um, there's you know more than a few racial or like homophobic uh, moments that are like ooh, that's very 1998 um, I don't know that Jenna Elfman could make I don't know if I've ever not cringed when I've seen her on screen so that's not a given <laughs> um, <laughs> wow but uh, yeah you know Again, the, the 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 characters of this movie is what really makes it for me. Even even the small little side characters, we never even learn their names. Like, are are you really get the feeling that like uh, some of them are really good actors? Like I mentioned, Clea Duvall and, and and that kind of stuff. And some of them, you could tell they're this is their moment. They're going to use it. Like the the girl is crying, and and Kenny gets it. Like, oh, why do you look so sad? And she like looks over at her friend. Her friend kind of gives the eh kind of. Th- it's so funny. Like she barely does in there, but there's so much natural uh, you know movement there, and just the way she acts. And that's like it's par for the course. Almost every little side actor in there is doing a really good and believable job. So for me, this movie holds up because there's there's strong enough writing, but really strong acting from a lot of young actors that uh, made this a, a fun a fun movie to return to. I'm glad I'm glad I brought it to the table. Beautiful. Uh, I'll go. Uh, it's it's not ideal at times, but a lot of what Travis said in there rings true. I, I, I'm annoyed by the soundtrack at times because I just want it to stay in one time period. And that doesn't mean it has to be exclusive to that period. It just means that it has to make sense for the party. There's probably some retro stuff that would have fit in at certain times. It's just not the ones they chose, so who cares? Uh, The characters are authentic even if they are saying things that are coming out of their mouth that you're like, oh, my God, that's awful. But these people existed, man. I mean, the high school experience that I had with these guys here, it was was just... 99% 99% white people, so you had like a monoculture of kids and like they're absorbing all of the the internet's coming of age for the first time, so we're getting access to a few more things slowly but surely more quickly than we ever would before, and kids try to make sense of it. Kids are stupid. Kids are mature. Teenagers yeah. are dipshits. Uh, they can say <laughs> poetic things and uh, timely things. I'm not, not saying that. I'm just saying overall, come on, let's be real here. We know the truth. And in the end, I think this movie does a pretty good job of representing that and these people and all of this stuff happening at a party that would go down the way it would go down with the two nerds on the roof saying they're my retainer looks like a Klingon warship. It does. <laughs> I mean, that's it. Does it? Yeah. It really does. So it. I, I I don't disagree with that. That's not my thing, but it's very believable. Those kids, that's what they would do. 
And they would, everybody also at the same time, even if you were a popular or a quote nerd or whatever it was, you also thought whatever you were doing was the coolest thing at the time. So the movie is really good at that. And in the end, I just think this is a movie that it sticks to what it is. It doesn't, yeah, like we said, the Amanda love story, who cares? We know the real love story is Denise and Mr. Fisher. So yeah. You take the movie from it what you will, and you enjoy that part of it. And the parts you don't like, you can leave it there. But I think there's enough here to say that it holds up because it does take you into a time and place. The only thing I would say is, like, maybe sneak a little bit of some new metal that was starting to creep into that world, which would have happened. Uh, I wouldn't have proved it necessarily, but it was starting <laughs> to show up. But that's a minor detail. Who cares? It's, it shows off the time period pretty accurately. It holds up, Michael? Yeah, I don't think you said. Did you yeah. say it holds up? Okay. You gotta officially yeah, say it's it. Holds, it's it's holds up. Yeah, it's <laughs> holds up. This movie holds up, in my opinion. We need you to say the words. <laughs> I can't sleep at night if you don't. Uh, you understand? The, the words that are coming out of my mouth. That was a movie that year, too. Rush Hour. Was. That was a big hit. Yeah. So. It was. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. The, um, the screenwriters here have an interesting task, and that's to do all everything that they're trying to do uh, in, in one night. Uh Lucas did it with American Graffiti with teenagers, probably the best. And Linkletter and Days of Confused, of course. And that's not easy. Uh, I remember I, I, I read a little bit from these screenwriters who didn't do much after this uh, very Brady sequel. Um, <laughs> they, they did more screenwriting than year. Yeah. yeah. But they, they were saying that their favorite parts of all these movies, say anything in Fast Times, were like the party scenes. So they said, let's just make the whole movie the party. And it pays off, man, because there's genuinely funny interactions. There's there's cheesy poignancy. But for me, I don't roll my eyes. I just kind of um, in, enjoy it for what it is because I was fucking romantic and poignant back in the day just like these little assholes and I like these oh. moments with uh, Jerry O'Connell and Jenna Elfman because I like the idea of savoring your age uh, for better or worse and I think this movie does a good job portraying that um, it's funny um, I like that dog's eye view song <laughs> umbrella uh so i got a chance to listen to that again um and uh yeah it takes me back it's fun interactions you can do a hell of a lot worse as far as like uh teen movies in the 90s than this it holds up for me i dug it all right three holds ups yay, yay. way to go us we did it we did it Is there a cough in okay. there? I heard, I heard a man cough in the middle of all that. Yeah, <laughs> I, saw, I thought I heard something too. That was odd. Uh, you heard it there? That is odd. All right. It held up. Can't hardly wait. 1998. And not every movie's perfect, but still, there's enough that you could take away from it. If you haven't seen the movie and you're somehow you're hearing these words or seeing these words right now, then boy, that's it's just a big mistake. You should see the movie first before we yeah. dive into it. It's a way to do it. Yeah, I think... We, yeah. All right. So cinemanipod at gmail.com. Email us. Connect with us. Also, make sure that you follow us everywhere. Five-star review on Apple. On Spotify. It's real easy on Spotify. All you got to do is click the five-star rating and you're done. And then, of course, uh, Patreon. And if you want to be the next patron for $1, it's all it takes. 
And when you say follow us everywhere, he means, you know, online, on social media. Yeah. Leave, yeah. leave us alone personally. You know, don't show up at our place <laughs> of work. Fine. <laughs> I thought it would be fun to, like, see what we do when we're not think, on the show. But hey, they hunt me. So that would scare me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, yeah. Eric Gretchen, it's time. Eric, what's the next movie we'll be doing? Well, the weather is changing. It's not quite October yet, so we're going to... No, you know, it's not. We're not, yeah, getting, it's not, not yet. we're not getting into horror. Uh, <laughs> He's like, I'm don't gonna... Barbie with horror yet. <laughs> don't, don't bamboozle me with horror yet. Ah, um, got a couple of weeks. Um, we, are, we'll, we will be stepping into darker territory. Um, we're going to be stepping into dark science fiction terito- uh, territory. Uh, from 2013, we're going to take a look at a film that critics adored, but baffled audiences. Uh that I've been uh, interested in re-examining since I first saw it, the one and only time that it, uh, when it came out. Um, the director we've looked at before, Jonathan Glazer, who gave us Sexy Beast, oh, uh, we're going to do Under the Skin. Fuck yeah. This has been on my list for a while, too. I watched it one time. It left a huge impression on me, so I'm ready to get into it again. Never seen it. So, yeah, here we go. Exciting. Second Jonathan Glazer movie. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I've been wanting to revisit this for a while. I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Good call. Have we done one Spielberg movie? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if we have. Uh, we, I mean, he's kind of. I mean, the, do do? does it Always. hold up? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Duel. Uh, oh, we love Duel. Duel. Yeah. Okay. Well. Wow. All right. So, Under the Skin next week from yeah. 2013. We will dive into that fully and completely and give so you dark. our... <laughs> so dark. Oh, yeah? So All right. Dark. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Let's get deep. Let's get dark. Let's get the opposite next level. I can't hardly yeah. wait. Put a little vodka in the fresca for this one. <laughs> oh, bye. All right. Well, next week, that's what we'll do. We love uh, and appreciate y'all. Thanks for your time and energy. Travis Roy or Brescia Michael Govier. Until the next time we do the show, we will bid you adieu. Why you gotta waste my flavor? Damn! I better double bag it. I don't know where that girl been. <laughs>